From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. A new team of first responders is making history in the city of Portland. After much anticipation on February 16th, the Portland Street Response Team began its pilot year focusing first on the Lentz neighborhood. The Portland Street Response Team is the result of the public's demand for an alternative response to 911 calls involving people who are homeless or someone in a mental health crisis. A response that doesn't send an armed police officer. In 2019, the city auditor's office verified an Oregonian report that found more than half of arrests by Portland police were of people who were homeless, when homeless individuals make up only 3% of the city's population. The Portland Street Response Team is embedded with Portland Fire and Rescue. Its goal is to offer help, not handcuffs. Here to tell us more about the team and how it's working so far and their goals for the program, I'm pleased to welcome Robin Burek, the team's program manager. Also joining us, Portland Fire and Rescue paramedic, Tremaine Clayton. He is the Community Health Assessment Team Coordinator for the Portland Street Response Team. Welcome to Straight Talk. It's nice to have you both here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Portland Street Response is up and running. It's been a long time in the planning. How does it feel to have the pilot program finally underway, Robin? Gosh, you know, I will say the first day that we launched was a pretty emotional day, particularly for Tremaine and I, who have been working on this, uh, trying to get this program launched since 2019. So it feels pretty gratifying. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of things that we work on in our lives where you see the culmination and get to experience it in that one moment. So it's been great. We really enjoyed this past month. And how are you feeling about it, Tremaine? Yes, uh, like, like Robin said, it's super exciting for all the work we've been putting into it. Um, looking back to when I, I got to talk to Street Roots reporter Emily Green and we first started talking about the concept, to think about that concept being a reality so quickly, relatively quickly, despite the delays. Um, it, it's very exciting. Portland City Commissioner Joanne Hardesty has led the way in developing the Portland Street Response Team. Her schedule didn't allow her to join us for this taping today, but we did get to talk to her earlier this week about how she feels about the team finally launching. Let's listen. So, so far, I am just giddy and can't wait to get the information back from this pilot. As you know, we're in a pilot phase, and this is our learning phase, and so we're going to learn everything we can uh, with, uh, with this pilot so that as we roll it out citywide, we are being informed by work that's happening on the ground. And Robin, who else makes up your team besides you and Tremaine, and how many teams are there? Right now we just have one team. So we have Tremaine, who's serving as our firefighter paramedic. Uh, we also have a licensed clinical social worker, Britt Urban, and then we have two community health workers, uh, Middleton and Heiko Mushi. Uh, and so we have just a team of four right now going out to the Lentz community. And why is it run out of the Portland Fire and Rescue Bureau, Robin? Well, we have uh, Portland Fire and Rescue had the infrastructure in place to be able to run, run the pilot fairly smoothly and quickly. We had the apparatus, we had the fleet, we had, um, we had the access to BOIC. We are already first responders, so we know how that works and the radio system. So from, from a pilot standpoint, you know, having that infrastructure already in place is pretty key and important. But also it's very similar to some of the work that Tremaine has been doing as a community health assessment team coordinator. 
going out and working with individuals who are utilizing the 911 system a lot and trying to figure out how can we get upstream to address some of those needs so that they're not so reliant on the 911 system. So Tremaine, tell us a little bit about that and what people can expect from the Portland Street response team. Yeah, so the concept of sending out a mental health clinician with a paramedic is that we could look at the person from a holistic perspective. So initially we'll arrive and I'll make sure that there are no medical threats, um, like acute medical needs um, that don't need a hospital necessarily for treatment. And if we can do any treatment right there on the scene, we'll do that and send someone, um, connect them to the further resources. Also having the mental health clinician, if there are more um, underlying causes to whatever that complaint may be, we can start the process and she's right there and work on those long-term planning uh, possibilities for those clients versus just sending them to the hospital. And in this first year of the pilot program, Robin, you're focusing solely on the Lens neighborhood. Why Lens and why only there? Yeah, we get that question a lot and there's several reasons why we chose the Lens area. Um, first of all, it's a, it's a neighborhood that has been underserved and there is a culturally rich and diverse community. I believe over 150 languages are actually spoken in that neighborhood. Um, it's also a size, it's about five square miles. It's a size and a population that we felt one or two teams could handle and wouldn't be overly saturated with. And it has a, a growing homeless community as well that, that resides and lives there. So um, in terms of the, the call volume that we were looking at, we were really looking for um, not just at the call volume, but the call trends. And so what we saw as um, this particular segment of calls that Portland Street Response wants to take take on and take over, um, you know, the city over the last five years, is the call volume has grown by 11%. And the Lentz neighborhood had actually been going by 20%. So the need was there. Uh, all the pieces were in place, and it just seemed like the perfect spot for us to run this pilot. And Commissioner Hardesty told us about all the work that you did on the ground in preparation for launching the team in the Lentz neighborhood and how you met with neighbors and businesses and just how welcoming the community has been to your team. Here's what she has to say to the people who live in the Lentz neighborhood. I want to give a big shout out to the Lentz community who embraced this project with open arms and are true community partners with us. They want this program to succeed as much as I do, and I want to make sure that those neighbors understand how much I appreciate their support. Tremaine, how's it going so far? Can you tell us about some of the specific calls you've made where you feel that you've made a difference? Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, there are a lot of eyes on us in, in trying to develop um, that trust from the aspect, not only the client that we're serving, but from the business owners as well. Um, so I would say that since we've been out there, some of the calls um, we were expecting where someone might be intoxicated, drug affected in front of a business. And I would say um, those calls have actually gone better than we were expecting in terms of being able to calm and mitigate the situation. Um, there's been a few times where police were already on scene and it turned into a consult. And so we were able to determine, um, you know, there was no crime being committed. There was no acute medical need, just, you know, being able to work with that person and figuring out what resources were going to be best in that situation. Um, we've been able to mitigate a lot of those situations and get people um, out of that area and, and into a safer space. Um, I feel that most of the businesses that have come out and interacted with us, either um, just seeing us out on the street and or after an, an intervention, um, it's all been positive and uh, very war warmly received.
The pandemic impacted your launch date, delaying it by several months. How else, Robin, has COVID affected how the team does its job? I think for us, well, first of all, we're not going into homes right now. The only calls that we're responding to are out in the public. That's in part due to COVID, and that's also in part just trying to um, slowly get into all, all this rhythm and allow our Bureau of Emergency Communications, which is our 911 dispatch call center, the ability to really kind of triaging these calls for Portland Street response. But in addition to that, it also impacts how we how we approach the scene as well. So if we if we are going to have contact with someone or close contact, we have to be fully gowned and wear double masks and wear gloves. So we have to have the appropriate PPE, which has been another advantage of being within the fire bureau because all of those protocols are set in place for us by the fire fire bureau. And Robin, how do you see the Portland Street response team addressing something that I know you want to address is systemic racism and racial and social justice? Absolutely. So, you know, Portland Street response, a lot of the calls that we respond to are homeless related and by no means are we saying that we're going to solve homelessness because we're not. Um, however, we know that there is a disproportionate impact to the homeless community. They, they tend to fall into two systems, the jail system and the emergency department system. Both of those are very costly. Both of those have long-term ramifications to individuals who are trying to get out of homelessness. And so if we can intervene and divert people into resources that will help them find housing, will help them get the treatment that they need, um, our, our hope is that we can actually help improve people's lives and get them out of that cycle sooner rather than later. And of course, we know the houseless community is also uh, overrepresented by, by people of color and BIPOC communities. I believe the last count that I saw from uh, transition projects in 2019 had a, estimated about 38% of the houseless community were, were people of color. So um, all of this plays into really looking at systems-wide and how the city of, of Portland and first responders can can change the system a little bit to make a difference for, for the houses community. Tremaine, do you want to add to that in addressing systemic racism? You know, I, I do in that um, just recognizing the marginalized communities uh, that, that exist here in the city. Um, really, you know, the way that our calls come in, we don't really screen for who's calling uh, biracial uh, demographic. So really just trying to change the compassionate approach of the first responder model and with um, a lot of harm reduction takes trauma-informed care and, and poverty-informed care trainings, um, that's really just kind of how we're delivering that service and hoping to expand that training throughout not only our bureau but other public safety bureaus. Robin, walk us through what happens when a call comes into 911 involving someone in a mental health crisis or a call about a homeless individual. How do dispatchers discern when to send police and when it might be appropriate to send the Portland Street response team? There's a set of questions that the dispatchers will use to triage those calls. And so uh, individuals who call 911 or the non-emergency line are welcome to always request Portland Street response. The dispatchers will still triage the, the call and ask questions to ensure that we're the right and appropriate responder. Um, but for instance, examples of how they're triaging those calls could be, you know, somebody like scenario-based. So if somebody is outside um, yelling or in a mental health crisis and there's no crime being committed, um, there's no threat of harm to anybody else, no weapons present or to self, then Portland Street Response will likely get triaged to that call. 
or if somebody is down and unchecked and it needs a welfare check, then we'll likely get called to that, that scene. Uh, you can request a face-to-face -face mental health check for someone. In that case, we would likely get called to that as well. So there are both police type of scenarios and fire scenarios in which we're, we're taking on a little bit of each of those call loads. Um, all have to do basically with mental health, substance use, intoxication, and welfare check calls. Those are the three categories that would typically fall within Portland Street Response. And the Portland Street Response Team is patterned after a similar program in Eugene called Cahoots. It's been successfully providing an alternative response to calls for decades in Eugene. And Tremaine, you volunteered with the White Bird Clinic, which runs Cahoots. What was that experience like, and how is it informing your work here? You know, I would say it was about six years ago when I first started volunteering with White Bird, and just the community of support within the organization and um, really that compassionate care. Um, it was simply doing some wound care and, and washing someone's feet that just really gave me an opportunity to connect and spend time with that person and really understanding their story um, helped me understand the, the person's story. And it was so much easier for them to dictate the service that I was gonna provide versus me dictating it for them. And I think that's really that compassion piece of being client-centered, which is something that most first responders um, don't have in the sense that we're using an algorithm um, step by step by step this is how we we will follow through this protocol but uh, to have it being uh, client-centered first and having the client dictate what's going on they're, they're the best uh, historians for for their situation so i would say that's probably the impact of working with them that i'm bringing to this team and Commissioner Hardesty talked about how important it is to her that team members are paid a living wage because a lot of people who might do this kind of community outreach work don't get paid a lot often and some burn out. She doesn't want that to happen and she says she wants to do this right. Robin, do you have thoughts about that? I completely agree. Uh, you know, this the mental health industry in itself is oftentimes underpaid. I, I have a master's in counseling myself. I'm a licensed therapist. When I started in 2007, I was making $28,000 a year uh, with a master's degree, right? And um, so, and I don't think a whole lot has changed since then. If we look at CAHOOTS, they tend to pay their workers $15 to $18 an hour. So it's really important that we set the bar in, in the city of Portland and say we value the work that, that these individuals are doing and this industry has to offer. Robin and Tremaine, thank you so much. It's time for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll look at what's next for the Portland Street Response Team and how the city will determine its success. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. We're talking about Portland's new street response team now up and running with its pilot program in the Lentz neighborhood. Welcome once again to my guests, Robin Burek and Tremaine Clayton. It's great to have you here and to hear more about the Portland street response team. I appreciate your being here. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Robin, uh, if someone needs help for themselves or someone else, how do they call the Portland street response team? They can call the 911 number or they can call the non-emergency line and they can always request Portland Street response. The, the dispatchers on the other line will try to triage just to make sure that we're the appropriate responder, that there's no medical emergency or any sort of um, criminal activity that, that's present that would be um, warrant police to, to go there. But um, yeah, 911 non-emergency, they're, they're very excited to send us. So, you know, if you call them, They'll, they'll definitely be triaging to see if we're the appropriate responder for you. 
And what are your hours of operation right now? We are operating Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. But you're hoping to expand that at some point? We are. So during our pilot year, uh, we hope in July or August of this year to add a second team to that. And the second team will also work in the Lentz neighborhood, but they will work uh, from 4 p.m. to midnight and cover some weekend shifts as well. So we won't have full 24-7 coverage in Lentz, but we'll try to get as close to that as possible with our second team. Commissioner Hardesty told us one of the biggest issues you have right now is having enough options for places where you might take someone who's in crisis or who needs a place to go. Let's listen to more of what Commissioner Hardesty had to say about that. We don't have enough mental health service providers to serve the needs of the people on our street or in our community. And we clearly don't have enough culturally competent or culturally specific service providers for the extraordinary need that we have. It's my hope that we will get significant resources invested from the ballot measure, I believe it was ballot measure 110, it was, I, I don't remember the number, but the ballot measure that actually took some state um, uh, uh, cannabis tax dollars and invested it in alcohol and drug treatment. That will help a lot, uh, but we also need the state to be a partner in investing in mental health treatment in our community. And Multnomah County is also planning to open a behavioral health resource center downtown next year. It'll be located in the Bouchong and Company building that's at 333 Southwest Park Avenue downtown. Tremaine, how important will that center be, do you think, to your mission? I think that center will be very uh, pivotal point in this in that uh, we do need places to take folks um, that need that help. Um, it's been great with the, with the uh, initiatives that are going on being a part of this uh, program now that we're running and, and actually have uh, our, our feet wet, so to speak, um, we're being invited to these conversations while they're being uh, implemented. So having it from the ground up, being a partner in these uh, progress or in, in these projects, I think is going to be very pivotal for our program success. And you were telling me that you think it's important to delineate there's a difference between some mental health issues and homelessness. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I feel like sometimes throughout this process, um, we kind of make homelessness and mental health synonymous. And uh, mental health affects everybody regardless of your housing status. And um, homelessness, there's a lot of root causes for homelessness. And so I think really when we're talking about the right resource for the right person, um, we have to delineate those two services to make sure that we're taking care of the whole person. And again, that's what I was saying about being client-centered. Um, homelessness doesn't necessarily mean mental health. And so uh, helping someone with housing um, when they're very well competent to do these skills, um, it's not a mental health issue all the time. And, and vice versa. And Robin, you've started your first year now, so what happens at the end of this pilot program? What is next for the Portland Street Response Team? Yes, yeah, so in February of next year, we'll go in front of council and we'll report our findings. Uh, Portland, Portland State University is actually working on a pretty in-depth program evaluation and they'll also uh, report their evaluation uh, findings as well during that council meeting and then hopefully and I anticipate it will move forward, but hopefully it will, um, council will approve to fully continue to fund us and allow us to expand citywide. So right now we'll use this pilot year to really collect the data and really understand what the scale of that might look like if we do citywide expansion.
And funding is, is a big issue. Commissioner Hardesty talked about working with Congress and the state legislature mm -hmm. to get more funding. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, there are two bills right now. One is federal and one is state. Uh, Senator Wyden has actually just introduced a bill called the CAHOOTS Act that would allow for us to build Medicaid, federal Medicaid funding um, for a, a period of up to like five years, I believe. But I think they're also trying to make it a permanent funding source for us. Uh, the other bill that's in the state, from what I understand, is a $10 million grant that could be distributed across the state of Oregon for other cities and, and, and programs similar to ours who are trying to stand one up. Um, and so those are two really viable options for us that could be really helpful as we look to expand citywide. And here's what Commissioner Hardesty said about her hopes for the future of the Portland Street response team. Here's what I know for sure. Portlanders want Portland Street response in every neighborhood in our community. And it's my job to figure out how to get it on the fast track in a way that actually keeps the integrity of the program intact. And Robin, a lot of people ask if there's a way they can help, if they can volunteer. What do you tell them? Yeah. I tell them, hold on, we're getting there. Uh, we're, we're working feverishly to try to figure out uh, ways that the community can get involved. Uh, Commissioner Hardesty recently just uh, hired a new community engagement uh, coordinator, and so we're scheduling a meeting with him to start talking about what does volunteerism look like. Um, yeah, we've been just amazed at the generosity of so many people reaching out to us who want to lend. And, and honestly, it makes you realize, gosh, you're not in this alone, right? There's a whole community and host of people and Portlanders who really want to make a difference. Well, Portland Fire and Rescue Chief Sarah Boom was quoted in a Street Roots article about what she said to your team as you launched in February. And she said, people are fighting to live and we will fight with them. If you can meet people where they are, even if it's fleeting, you have the power to transform somebody's life, even if they are at the lowest low and suffering. You bring them hope. Tremaine, what are your thoughts about your mission on this team? You know, um, looking at the chief's quote there, uh, one of the classes we just recently had, one of our trauma-informed classes was talking about glimmers. Um, and that's just that moment of connection with a person when, when hope is possible. And uh, I would say that uh, I think it was last week, Brett and I were out on a call and it just didn't think, we didn't think we were gonna get anywhere with this uh, client. It was just very, very difficult, probably our most difficult call so far. But when we finally had that connection, I kid you not, a rainbow came out. So we said, you know what, that's the glimmer. Uh, it, was, uh, it was, you know, the best possible uh, outcome we could have had. Um, and, and the rainbow was, was shining. And so it's just like, you know, that's the hope that we're talking about. You know, it's just that one moment where we did connect and that person did have an understanding that we were there to support them and not just run them through the system. I think uh, we, we definitely made a difference for that person that day. And you're working on building relationships out in the community as well? Yes, yes. Um, you know, in addition to uh, the, the clients we're serving, we're still out there talking with business owners and just the public, uh, just trying to put ourselves out there and let them know um, what, what it is we're doing. But then also, you know, um, with, with that volunteer question, it's just like, you know, if you start seeing people as people, um, you don't have to be on our team to do that, right? So uh, just being, being that compassionate person is something that you could do on your own. So 
people know, um, you know, of course, safety is, is everyone's uh, concern. But, you know, a lot of these people just need hope and help. They don't, they don't want to be hurting anybody. So just that, that's kind of my only pearl or takeaway from that. And let me give Robin about 30 seconds left for a final thought. Yeah, I would say, you know, looking at Chief Boone's quote there, it's a very trauma-informed type quote about meeting people where they're at. We are a voluntary service. We're not enforcement. We're not going to come out. We're not going to check warrants. Uh, we're not going to force treatment on you or, or interaction with us. And that's to do with a lot of the calls that we go on. It's not the individual calling for themselves. It's somebody else calling on them. And so, you know, the, the ability to go and make an impact in that way and to be accepted and received the way that we have has been truly gratifying. Well, Robin and Tremaine, thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing. Thanks for joining us here on Straight Talk. And thank you for watching and listening. Remember, you can get Straight Talk now as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week for Straight Talk.